Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When I got out of the Marines, I decided to celebrate by going camping by myself. I was tired of living under someone's thumb and just wanted to be my own man for a while. I went to a secluded spot that requires you to hike in about eight, nine miles on foot. The trail itself was pretty overgrown, and it seemed more like a game trail than one people created on purpose. That wasn't the case, but the trail obviously hasn't seen a lot of use. I picked a gorgeous camping spot in the long side of a mountain river. There was no signs of any humans, as far as I can tell, nor did I see anyone on my hike in. The first night I was awakened about two in the morning by a coughing sound. It sounded like the kind of cough that people who have been smoking for thirty years had. I peeked my head out of my tent and said, Hello, anyone out there? Silence. After a while, I went back to bed. The second night, same thing. This time I got out my flashlight and my e-tool for self-defense and looked around. I didn't see anything. I was calling out anyone out there. I walked to the river, looked around, and then made a square around the perimeter of my campsite to see if I found any. 
tracks or signs in people. Nothing. The morning of the third day, I decided to move camp. I walked probably a mile downstream and found another good spot. That evening, sure enough, same thing. Again, I walked the perimeter and found nothing. The next morning, I decided to cut my camp in a day or two short because I was getting creeped out. The family and I once lived back in some of my family's woods. No one could see our little plot, just woods all around. My family lived nearby, but down the dirt road away. We had no light poles put up, so it would get very dark back there. I started to notice a light above the trees. I figured out it was not a star because it would sway, rise quickly, totally disappear, descend behind the trees. This went on for a few days, and I was the only one who had seen it. My dad hired some guys to help him with the deck. My husband sort of knew one and would invite him to dinner after they worked. That light always seemed to get closer when that guy was there. It was even at tree level often. I knew this because I could see the light behind the trees, obviously not in the sky. I showed it to my husband, kids, and the guy, not mentioning it earlier in case I was crazy. My daughter decided to play with it. She said, follow me if you're an alien. Then she walked to the left, and it went to the left. She went right, and it did too. She went right again. It followed. That freaked me the hell out. The guy was so freaked out that he left, and the light followed him. It freaking followed him as he left. I edited to add this. I should also say that this man lived in the woods behind us, so it was easy to see the light descend to where he lived. He wasn't very far from us at all, just separated by woods. For about four days, that light would follow that man when he left. I thought he was about to get abducted by aliens. I would stare out the window, peering into the darkness for hours, because I feared missing a Mel Gibson signs birthday party like moment that would verify my fears. One night the man did not come. The light was still there, freaking me out. I had just about lost my mind at this point, worried about my kids being abducted by aliens. I yelled at it. What's your problem, huh? What do you want? It was following me walking as I lost my shit. I ended up flipping at the bird, and it seemed to dive towards me. I kid you not. In that moment, I thought I'd piss the aliens off and they were about to crash into me. Then it disappeared during the time I had my back to it running for my life. I told my father what was going on. His response was, Are you on crack? I got irate and had to explain that. No, I was not on crack. He gave me a shotgun and told me to just shoot it down next time I saw it, if it is real. It only came back when that man came back and it left when he left. I did not shoot it down because I figured a shotgun would just piss off aliens. Never saw it again and lived in fear of aliens in the dark woods for the rest of our stay there. Years later, I was reading local news and stumbled across an article that explained the lights. It was an article about how the local cops used drones to catch drug dealers and other nefarious folks. My jaw dropped. I was about 20. One when all that happened and more naive than I am now. Also, this was back before drones were so popular and well-known, especially for someone who didn't really use the Internet much during that time. I remembered how not long after completing the deck, that man who was visiting us was arrested for drug charges and some other stuff involving the Mexican Mafia, as it was called. 
We were pretty shocked because we figured he was just a regular old drug dealer, which we don't have an issue with. Mafia stuff, though. We didn't like that being near our kids. So I spent a portion of my life terrified of aliens when it was more than likely the police using drones. Whoever was manning the drone was probably bored and decided to mess with us. Or they didn't want the guy or us to catch on, so he went with making us believe they were aliens. Or they were actually aliens, and I came up with a reason that my brain can handle better. If it was cops and I'd shot it like my father told me to, I would probably still be in prison today. So glad I didn't do that. The world as we knew it had crumbled beneath the weight of its own arrogance. In its wake, an apocalyptic nightmare had unfurled, unleashing mutated monstrosities that prowled the desolation. It was a world of chaos, of survival, and of a relentless will to endure. In this shattered landscape, I am Kyla, a hunter born of necessity and forged by desperation. The silent woods had earned its name. A dense expanse of towering trees and thick underbrush, shrouded in an eerie silence that echoed the absence of life. It was a place where danger lurked behind every twisted tree, where death wore many faces and none of them familiar. It was a place I ventured into time and time again, driven not by recklessness, but by an unyielding calling. A call to unveil the truth behind the mutations that had plunged our world into darkness. My skill as a hunter was not just a matter of survival. It was a testament to the very core of my being. I had faced the mutated creatures that roamed the wastelands, abominations of flesh and bone twisted into grotesque forms by some unknown force. I had navigated through crumbling ruins, scavenging for whatever morsels of sustenance and supplies I could find. But it was the silent woods that beckoned to me, a magnet drawing me towards its enigmatic heart. My journey into the woods was not undertaken lightly. Armed with a bow that had seen better days, and a blade that had tasted the blood of many a creature, I ventured into the heart of this perilous realm. The first thing that struck me was the oppressive silence, the kind that settles deep into your bones, reminding you that you're an intruder in a place that nature herself seems to have abandoned. As I delved deeper into the woods, the air grew heavy with an unsettling energy. It was as if the very atmosphere pulsed with the weight of untold secrets, each tree whispering a tale of despair. The mutated creatures that lurked in the shadows were like something out of a twisted nightmare. Limbs distorted, eyes aglow with unnatural light, and mouths filled with gnashing teeth. They were the result of some ungodly fusion of science and sorcery, and their presence was a haunting reminder of the world that once was. But I was not just a hunter of beasts. I was a seeker of truth. With each step I took, my determination deepened. I felt a strange kinship with this desolate land, as if it were guiding me towards some long-buried revelation. And then, in the heart of the woods... I stumbled upon something that would shatter the fragile understanding I had held on to. A hidden enclave, tucked away from the world's gaze, held the answers I sought. It was a place where twisted experiments had been conducted in the name of power and control. The walls were adorned with sketches of mutated creatures, notes that detailed horrifying procedures, and an inscription that spoke of a desperate quest 
to reverse the mutations. As I pored over the revelations, it became clear that the mutations were not the result of nature gone awry, but the product of a malevolent intent, a twisted desire to reshape the world according to someone's twisted vision. I felt a simmering anger deep within me, a fire that fueled my resolve to uncover the truth and put an end to this madness. The climax of my journey unfolded in a heart-pounding confrontation, one where I faced not just the mutated creatures, but the puppeteers who had orchestrated their creation. The battle was fierce, a symphony of chaos and determination that echoed through the silent woods. And as the last of my adversaries fell, the truth washed over me like a tidal wave, a truth that was both horrifying and liberating. The silent woods held secrets that transcended the boundaries of science and sorcery. It was a place where darkness had taken root, but where the light of truth still burned brightly. My journey had not just been about survival. It had been about unraveling the twisted threads that bound our world to the brink of annihilation. As I emerged from the silent woods, the weight of my discoveries settled on my shoulders. The world was broken, but it was not beyond repair. With newfound determination, I would carry the truth with me, seeking others who shared my purpose. The road ahead was uncertain, fraught with danger and uncertainty. But I was no longer just a hunter surviving in a world of chaos. I was a harbinger of change, a guardian of truth in a world that had nearly forgotten its existence. I've had few paranormal encounters. I'll list the two worst ones here. Both occurred in 2014. I've used Aja before several months before they secured. Both of these stories happened when I was in an extremely negative state of mind. I don't really know where to start from, but I'll try to explain what I think brought this on. Basically, one night I was having one of the worst nights of my life. Self-inflicted. I kept thinking about all the negative things going on in my life. My girlfriend was sleeping with my friend at the time, despite him swearing he'd never do such a thing. Blah, blah. I broke it off. I had no friends. All the friends that I had were fake, so I pushed everyone away. I felt like my life was falling apart. I sat outside for hours, smoking cigarettes, being a depressive mess. I finally got myself to bed, dreading the fact I'd have to wake up and go on another day. Anyway, I wake up about 3, 4 a.m., I'm an insomniac, so waking up late nights around this hour is very common for me. I know which an hour, and I really needed to pee. I got up and took a whisk. I usually shut the door, as I don't want to make noise to wake my sister or anything, but I just was in the mindset of I don't give a half about anything anymore. Anyway, I turn around after flushing to see this seven-feet-tall, huge, black-hooded, red-eyed being. It had no body or hands. It was just pure black, even more so inside of the robe, where the body should be. The best way to describe the red eyes would be red, like your generic glowy red-eye memmy. Best way to describe it? Sorry. It turns around the corner of the hall towards me in a insanely fast manner, as if it was sprinting, but it was very swift as it seemed like it was levitating or something. It had no feet or anything, and no bobbing movement like a person would be while running. As I'm about to walk out of the bathroom, it lunged at me with both hands of the robe stretched out towards me, and I had never felt fear so deep as I did in that moment. 
A huge shiver ran down my spine as I say, Oh, shit! With words barely able to leave my mouth as I stutter and fall to the ground. With one knee and I look up to see nothing, absolutely nothing. I sprinted back to bed lights on Dorset and didn't sleep at all. Scary encounter, too. This happens a couple of months later. I wake up around 3 a.m. again. Hardly able to see as no lights are on, and I see an outline of a little girl next to my bed, standing there with both of her hands to her side. I take a second to realize it's a person or ghost or something, and it has a white bed dress with long black hair over her face. She's still standing there. I freak out and start panicking. I throw a couple of hammer punches and swings with my hand as I refuse to look at whatever it is, frantically trying to turn on my light or grab my phone with my left hand swatting the table. I finally grab all of my phone and see she is still there as I shine my phone light on it. It vanishes as if nothing was ever there. I ended up falling back to sleep after the sunrise came up, never saw it again. Sorry if I didn't write this well. I've tried to describe everything in as much detail as possible. I have a couple more stories, but I think these two taught me a lesson and really pulled me out of my slump as I was terrified I'd see that again. Feel free to question me or give advice below. It was the summer of 2019, and I found myself near Snow Lake in Washington State. As dusk settled in, I realized I was one of the few remaining visitors at the lake. The tranquility of the surroundings was interrupted when I heard my Japanese middle name being called out, a name that is quite uncommon, even among Japanese individuals. It stopped me dead in my tracks. The voice seemed to originate from the opposite direction where I had come from. Initially, I thought it was merely a coincidence, someone sharing the same name as me, but as the voice called out again, and then, once more, doubt turned into unease. My instincts kicked in, telling me that something was not right. I grabbed my friend and urged them to accompany me back to the parking lot before darkness consumed the landscape. With only our phone lights to guide us, we embarked on the final two miles of the hike in pitch-black darkness. The whole experience was unsettling, and I vowed to only visit the area during daylight hours from that point on. Snow Lake had been a beautiful location, but the strange encounter left me wary. Over a year later, I learned of a chilling incident that occurred in the same area. A man named Brendan Nepon had gone missing along with his dog. He was a 37-year-old avid hiker, and despite extensive search efforts, not a single trace of him or his dog was ever found. There were speculations that he may have hiked further up the trail to Gem Lake. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Which was just under two miles away from Snow Lake. I had been to Gem Lake myself during the day, appreciating its breathtaking views. It's an open area seemingly impossible to get lost in. The disappearance of Brendan Neppen struck a chord with me as I recalled my own eerie encounter near a snow lake. It served as a grim reminder that 
even in the most stunning landscapes, there may be an underlying darkness hidden from view. The memory of that voice calling my name still lingers, a chilling reminder of the mysteries that lie within the wilderness. Let me share a story from the mid-80s that still gives me goosebumps to this day. It was during that time when my friend, our girlfriends, and I embarked on a road trip from Baltimore to Hampton Roads for a couple of Grateful Dead concerts. The concerts were a blast, and we were filled with euphoria as we made our way back home after the second show, which I believe took place on a Saturday or Sunday. Somewhere north of Richmond, in the desolate stretches of I-95, we decided to pull over and take a break. We found a secluded spot far enough off the road to relieve ourselves. The girls opted to go by the side of the car, while my friend and I ventured closer to the tree line. It was the middle of the night, and the surrounding area was shrouded in darkness. As we finished up, the stillness of the night was broken by a sudden and quiet whistle. It was that classic wheat-woo sound, originating from the other side of the tree line. The moment the whistle reached our ears, a chill ran down our spines. We exchanged a glance of disbelief, and fear hastily zipped up and sprinted back towards the car. Our girlfriends were taken aback by our sudden urgency as we jumped into the car and sped away. They demanded an explanation, wondering what had happened. We decided to wait until we were a safe distance down the road before sharing the unsettling encounter with them. It was at that moment that we recounted the whistle from the other side of the trees, relaying our sense of alarm and the urgency to leave the area. The girls were equally shocked and disturbed by our experience. To this day, the memory of that night haunts us. We often speculate about who or what could have made that whistle in the darkness of the Virginia wilderness. Was it a harmless passerby, or did it carry a more sinister intent? The unanswered questions and the feeling of unease have stayed with us ever since that night on the side of I-95. My name is Officer Jake Thompson, and I've carried a haunting memory with me since my childhood, an encounter with an unidentified creature that forever etched fear into my heart. That memory has fueled my obsession, my unrelenting pursuit to solve the mystery of its existence. Years passed, and I became a seasoned cop. But the memory of that encounter never left me. And then, one fateful night, a series of bizarre animal attacks gripped the city. The details struck me with an eerie familiarity bearing a striking resemblance to the horrors of my childhood. Deep down, I knew that the creature had returned. Convinced of its reappearance, I assembled a team of fellow officers who had also experienced encounters with the unknown. We shared a bond, forged by the terror that lurked in the shadows. Each member carried their own scars, haunted by their personal encounters with the enigmatic creature. Together we vowed to face it head, on, and put an end to its reign of terror. As we embarked on our hunt, tensions simmered beneath the surface. The weight of our shared traumas tested our bonds, stretching them to their limits. Yet, we pressed forward, fueled by a collective determination to uncover the truth and protect those we swore to serve. Night after night, we tracked the creature across the city, following the trail of bizarre animal attacks. With every step, the air grew heavy with anticipation and fear. 
The line between predator and prey blurred as we became both hunters and the hunted. Finally, we cornered the creature in an abandoned warehouse. The palpable tension hung in the air, each member of our team ready to face the ultimate test. But as the climactic showdown unfolded, the true strength of the creature revealed itself. With terrifying speed and brute force, it overpowered us, striking us down one by one. The very officers who had once stood by my side now fell victim to the creature's relentless assault. Blood stained the cold concrete floor as the echoes of our desperate struggle reverberated through the empty space. I fought valiantly, refusing to succumb to the creature's savagery. But in the end, I too became its prey. As my strength waned, I stared into the eyes of the creature, witnessing the culmination of a lifelong obsession. It had defeated me, last one standing. In my final moments, as darkness claimed me, I realized the true nature of my pursuit. It had consumed me, blinded me to the inevitable cost. My obsession had led to the demise of not only myself, but also those I had come to consider family. As Officer Jake Thompson fell, another victim of the creature he had sought to defeat, the city remained shrouded in the terror of the unknown. The memory of our sacrifice would fade, but the creature would linger, a constant reminder of the darkness that exists just beyond the edges of our perception. And so my story ends in tragedy, a cautionary tale of how obsession and the pursuit of the unknown can devour even the strongest among us. The unanswered questions and the lurking fears would continue to haunt the city, a reminder that sometimes there are mysteries that should remain unsolved. Working at a hunting retreat in northern Canada was an experience I'll never forget. The solitude, the wilderness, and the sense of adventure made it an incredible place to be. I was the cook for the hunting lodge, and it was my job to prepare hearty meals for the hunters after a long day out in the wilderness. One early morning, I was walking from my cabin to the kitchen, ready to start my day. The air was crisp and cold, and a fresh blanket of snow had fallen overnight. It was so quiet that the only sound was the crunching of the snow beneath my boots. As I reached the kitchen, I realized I had left my apron behind in my cabin. Sighing, I turned back to retrieve it trying to shake off the chill that had settled in my bones. That's when I saw them, large, unmistakable footprints in the snow, leading right up to the door. They were much bigger than any human footprints, and the stride was far longer than any person could take. My heart raced as I realized that something, or someone, had been following me as I walked to the kitchen. The thought of Bigfoot, a legend that had been passed around campfires for generations, crossed my mind, but that couldn't be possible, could it? I hurried back to my cabin, grabbing my apron and returning to the kitchen as quickly as possible. I couldn't shake the feeling of being watched, and I kept glancing nervously over my shoulder as I made my way through the snow. After that day, we all decided it was best to start doing things in pairs. The footprints had shaken us to our core, and we couldn't ignore the possibility that something was lurking in the wilderness around us. Even though we never saw any more signs of the mysterious creature, the memory of those footprints stayed with us. A chilling reminder that we were not alone out there. The legend of Bigfoot became a staple in our conversations, and we spent many nights huddled around the campfire, sharing stories and speculating about the creature that had left its mark on our lives. 
And while I still can't say for sure what it was that followed me that morning, the experience left me with a newfound respect for the untamed wilderness and the mysteries it holds. I grew up on a ranch in a small old California ranch house. Lots of windows to stay cool on the summer. Almost all the rooms open to the central living room. I was probably 14, my father was 11, and my mom was out that night running an errand. Brother and I are together in the living room. He's sitting by the stove and I'm lying on the sofa. We're both doing homework. Inside, lights are on, but through the windows it's pitch black. As I'm reading, I hear footsteps on the mud porch leading up the front door. It's an old house, and I hear the heavy footsteps clearly. But I hadn't seen my mom's car drive in. I hadn't seen or heard any car. It's the country. I would have heard a car approaching and seen their headlights through the dark windows. But there was nothing, just the footsteps on the porch. They stop at the front door, but no one knocks. I am frozen. If I had gotten up and looked around the corner through the kitchen, I would have seen the owner of the food steps standing at the door which had a window, but then they would have seen me. If I talk to my brother, they'll hear me, and in the dark, anyone could be looking through the windows at us, but we couldn't see out. I go through all my options. The person is standing at the only door in or out of the house, which is always unlocked. If I go to the kitchen to grab a knife, they will see me and know I see them. We can't hide. The house is too small, and they'll see where we go. My heart is racing. My best option is to pretend I don't know for as long as I can and be ready for whatever comes next. But after a few minutes, I don't hear any more footsteps. I calm down. I might have just imagined it. Twenty minutes later, I hear my mom's car and see the headlights go across the windows. I run outside. Because I'm still a child and I want my mother to know how scared I am. But before I can tell her, she asks me, Who left the water on? And I'm terrified again. We had this weird water spigot in the front yard with a pole that shot up to about waist height and a spigot turned up instead of down. My brother and I would treat it like a drinking fountain or turn it on full blast and play under it like a fountain. When she got home, the water was on, full blast, shooting several feet up into the air. Someone had been there that night on our porch. They saw my brother and I, alone, no car in the drive, they didn't come in, but they wanted us to know they could have. My wife, kids, and I live in 30 miles or so outside of town on 100 acres. The house sits half a mile off the main road. My wife wanted the works for security when we got the place, so I did a gate driveway doorbell. Past the gate, cameras at the gate and at the house, alarm system, two new puppies, you name it. I've always lived way out my whole life, so I'm used to the hog squeals, coyote screams, deer huffing, all that jazz. One night around 2 a.m. I heard a loud shatter, and instantly it was covered by the alarm siren for the house. The main keypad is in our bedroom, and I look to see the glass brick sensor in our son's bedroom. He's tripped. I think in the worst. Grab a shotgun kept for rattlesnakes and run to his bedroom, hollering for my wife to grab our youngest from his crib just in case. I hear my oldest son screaming. I'm shaking so violently I can barely turn the doorknob. My adrenaline fight response is completely taken over. I throw the door open, let out a war cry, trying to intimidate a would-be intruder. 
and my son is clinging to the crib rails and glasses all over the floor. I can just feel the cold winter air snapping through the room. I shut his bedroom door behind me, grab him up, and frantically check the bathroom, his closet, anywhere in the area I thought the intruder would be. I yell for my wife again. Living this far out, we have a system if someone is ever in the house, and one of us knows, but we don't want to alert the intruder. She gives a response indicating she's alone, still, and okay. I take my son to my wife and hand her the shotgun, telling her I'll grab the rifle and check around inside and out. I grab a flashlight and my rifle. I scan the entire house. I walk outside and hit the auto lock on the deadbolt. I quickly make my way around to the back side of the house to the busted window. My adrenaline has started coming down, and I'm logically telling myself it had to have been a deer, right? So as reflection bucked the window, window broke. That's got to be it. I checked high and low all around the house and never found any indication to what it was. I checked the cameras and couldn't find anything around the house at that time either. I couldn't sleep the rest of the night. It took a few weeks for me to let my son sleep in his own bedroom again. I'm positive it was just a deer attacking his reflection. But I've always wondered if someone broke the window and heard the siren and immediately ran. Now there was a blind spot watching that particular window. I've installed more cameras since the incident, and I have one that points down each side of the house just to watch windows and entrances. Motion sense and floodlights on all four corners are my favorite. One of our pups sleeps right beside his bed every night. I was a boy scout at the time of this experience, now an eagle. And this honestly has to be one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. So I went with a troop, basically a class of scouts, from a local parish to England for 16 days. I stayed and had an amazing time, enjoying the less strict drinking laws that England had to offer and other teenage things. But this happened when I completely sobered. I was camping with a whole bunch of scouts from other nations on an estate. And I got up at around 1 a.m. to go take a leak. I'm doing my business and all when I see what looks to be a man standing 20 feet away from me. I can't make out any features. I just know that he is a person. It was especially creepy because it was just the moonlight illuminating the area, and you could make out the shadows from trees and lanterns and all the other effects. But he had no shadow at all. It's like he was completely opaque, jet black. I am standing there just watching him, too terrified with fear to move. Eventually I realize my fly is down and a glance away to fix it, but when I look back up he is about ten feet closer. This is weird to me because it had just been down, pouring that day, and the ground was completely muddy. I would have heard the distinct sounds of boots or shoes squishing on the mud, but there was none. I book it back into my tent, close the zipper, but I can see him moving closer. I close my eyes and try to sleep, but I can feel fingers running along the side of my tent trying to feel for something. I wake up my brother and asks if he can hear it, to which he says no and gets mad at me for waking him up. Thinking to myself I must be seeing things, I finally achieve sleep. The next morning I unzip my tent and the rainfly has been thrown off the tent and is lying next to it. The only way someone could have done that is that they found a buckle underneath the rainfly and undid it. It starts to click in my head that maybe whoever was feeling around the tent also did this, as they would have felt the buckles. Luckily, we left for London that day and never had to camp for the rest of the trip. 
It made for a good story and something to brag about, but it still freaks me out to this day. 